Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, she is Tam. Hey, 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 ho. Hey, 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 ho. <laughs> What's up, Renee? Oh my God, what a Sunday, Tam. Before we even jump into the race, because, well, there was a lot going on besides the race, but I'm sure you're talking about the race. I want to give you guys a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about on today's podcast. Is going to be full. We're going to give you our thoughts and a recap on Watkins Glen. We're going to talk about Martin Truex Jr. and that win, that impressive win that he pulled off. Of course, we're going to talk about the battle that seemed to be going on with Matt Kenseth and Clint Boyer. And I'm not talking about on the track. I'm talking about that battle for the final playoff spot. Now, granted, we still have four more races left, but they definitely are battling for the last remainder spots. We're going to jump into our top 10. We're going to talk about playoff standings. Daniel Suarez, he had a top five finish. We're going to also kind of go over rookie of the year candidates. Renee is going to give you a Dell Jr. update. We're going to talk about the Kurt Busch drama because there is drama because nobody seems to know if he's going back to Stewart House racing or not. Danica's future. Speaking of Stuart Haas, we'll talk about that. Of course, we're going to give you our fan comment of the week. And before we give you that, along with our predictions, we're going to jump into what's going on in NASCAR. And at this point, there's always a lot going on. But I guess the two main things would be NASCAR, because we didn't talk about this on the last episode, but NASCAR had a change of heart with the overtime line. And then most of the drivers went to the premiere of Lucky Logan, the movie that Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logano, and all those guys are in. We're going to talk about those things on this episode. And I feel that I need to remind you guys, All Turns No Breaks is just a click away. Make sure that you hit subscribe, whether you're on Android or you're using an iPhone. You have no excuse. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Google Play. You can listen to us on Stitcher. The option is yours. We're also on SoundCloud. In fact, if you head over to our Twitter account, Turns No Breaks, it's pinned to the top. So you have no excuse not to listen and subscribe and leave us a comment on iTunes. Okay, so let's jump into our show for today. And yeah, that was a little bit different. I gave you guys a rundown. We usually don't do that, but I thought I would change it up a bit. Hey, why not? Why not, Tim? Without further ado, weekend talk. Renee, I know you went to a rave. No, you didn't go to a rave. You went to an 80s party. <laughs> no, I party. did not. Yeah, I just went to an 80s party and uh, it actually was kind of, well, I, I will say this. It was a lot of fun. And I mean, I knew every single song that they played. It was... <laughs> was so amazing it's just weird because it was weird hanging out with people my own age for once and <laughs> it was just and what made it even more weird was i noticed the party started getting really light right after midnight and i was like okay 
I was like, the party is getting really light here. <laughs> I was like, all these people are ready to go to bed. I was like, am I officially that old? I was like, no, 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 because I was just getting ready to turn it up a notch. I'll be honest with you. Okay, I have and, one um, question, Renee. Yeah, go Were ahead. Were you out there doing a cabbage patch? <laughs> I was out there doing a little bit of that and everything else. Oh, yes, God. I was. Oh, man. Yeah, so they went they went all ladies uh, at this uh, place. It was just really a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of hip hop, a lot of regular, you know, top 40s type stuff, too. So, I mean, it was it was a little bit of everything and it just made the whole night a lot of fun. But like I said, it was just weird hanging out with people my own age. And uh, the fact that the party was getting really light at around, you know, after midnight, between midnight and 1230. I was like, oh, my God, I go, does this mean that I have to do I have to leave? And I guess uh, but thank God I didn't have to. I ended up staying for at least up till about one fifteen, and then. I went ahead and just, uh, you know, proceeded to come home and just get some early sleep. Well, my weekend consisted of lots of sleep because I didn't do much. I actually hung out and watched a little bit of TV. The crazy thing is you'll never guess what I watched this weekend. Oh, late on it. I felt like every Tom Cruise movie was on this weekend. It first started with me watching A Few Good Men. And of course, I missed my favorite part when your boy says, you can't handle the truth, as in Jack Nicholson. One of my personal favorite movies. Yeah, I was upset. I watched it and then I think I had to go outside or something. Something happened and then I came back and was like, wait. And I mean, I have DVR, but I didn't even bother to try to go back and see what happened. And then after I watched that, Risky Business came on and I was like, okay, Tom Cruise, I forgot all about that. And then, of course, Days of Thunder came on. I had not seen Days of Thunder in forever, so it was pretty good to watch that. I don't feel the same way about Days of Thunder that I feel about Ricky Bobby and the crew. You know who I'm talking about, which movie I'm right. talking about, rather. Exactly. <laughs> Talladega and both Nights. Are really good movies. Yeah, the Talladega Nights, Days of Thunder. Well, I hadn't seen Days of Thunder in a long time. I, I think I, I watched the Talladega Nights more than I do Days of Thunder. But um, yeah, both good movies. That was my weekend. And then, of course, watching the NASCAR race, Watkins Glen. Renee and I, listeners, be clear on this. Renee and I are not huge fans of road course racing, but we have to watch the race. And it turned out to actually be a pretty good race. Martin Truex took home the checkered flag. I thought he was going to win. Well, I really, we both predicted Kyle Busch to win. And Matt Kenseth, I believe, was my dark horse. And your dark horse was Kevin Harvick or no? Uh, my dark horse was, I think I picked Brad Keselowski, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, it was Brad Keselowski. Well, with that being said, I felt Kyle Busch, you know, he sat on the pole. He seemed to have it under control. Then that was that. And then it became the Martin Truex Jr. show like it is every week. Towards the end, things look like, well, the last lap, Matt Kenseth showed up. But unfortunately, he couldn't show out and take home the checker flag. It would have been nice because that guy's on the playoff bubble. I was just so, so amazed at when Kenseth was coming around, you know, those last couple of laps, I said to myself, you know what, this is why we call him the quiet assassin, because he just sometimes seems like he comes out of nowhere. His team seems to put him in a great position towards the end of the race. If there's a, a little a loophole that he can just jump into and win the race, he, he'll do it. And I really thought he was going to pull this out. But man, that tricks. 
that Truex Jr., boy, he is on fire. It seems like he, he can do no wrong. I remember there was a time Truex seemed to have this dark cloud over him. And, and I think I remember us saying that if it wasn't for bad luck, I don't think Martin Truex Jr. would have any luck at all. <laughs> and look at him this whole year. It's just amazing. That was our whole conversation. Was that last year or year before yeah, last? I think it was uh, last year. Oh, well, I guess it was last year because this right, is only yes. our second season of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Hello. It seems like we've been talking NASCAR forever. I know, right? But yeah, you know, I don't know if you caught that block, but Daniel Suarez put, he held off Martin Truex Jr. with a crazy block to win stage two of the race. At that point, Martin Truex Jr. seemed like, okay, he was there, but he wasn't going to win. And then he let some other drivers pass him up. But little did we know it was all strategy. He conserved gas and he came back and won because there were a couple of drivers that ran out of gas. Brad Keselowski, who led a couple of laps, ran out of gas. Ryan Blaney, who actually, I believe, may have led one or two laps. I'm not quite 100% sure, but I know he was in the front at some point. He ran out of gas. Harvick, let's talk about Harvick. Did you see the crash that Harvick had on pit road? It was like the craziest thing. Like, who has a full-on hard crash on pit road? (laughs) He ran dead smack into the number 83. That was actually pretty crazy to witness and to watch. Maybe he was he was texting somebody. I don't know. I don't even. Hey, he don't to put check. that on him. Texting and driving. I, I, you know, driving. But to it was the weird. Radio. But yeah, it was just weird. It's like, what could he have possibly been doing behind the wheel of the car for that to well, happen? Well, I blame his crew chief because his crew chief should have saw all that. Oh, totally. Yeah, and no, I agree. Somebody spotter. Well, maybe not the spotter because you're on pit road. I don't know. Somebody should have saw that. Any event, the race was pretty exciting. Yes, what else happened during the race? I think that's pretty much it. Kyle Busch won the first stage. and Right, but then him and Kislowski uh, bumped each other. And, and unfortunately, Kyle Busch got the uh, worst end of that one. So, And he wasn't too happy about that. But that's just Kyle Busch act- reacting to a situation that only Kyle Busch will react to in his way. Busch will be rowdy. And we'll leave it at that. Okay, so I guess let's jump into our top 10 since we told you a little bit or we went over some of the highlights really quick. So our top 10 from Watkins Glen, we had Truex taking home the checkered flag. Matt Kenseth came in second. Daniel Suarez came in third. Mm -hmm. Not a a bad run for the rookie. That was actually his first top five finish in cup series so not bad at all kudos to him denny hamlin came in fourth my man clint boyer man i just hope this guy can hang on he came in fifth kurt bush quietly came in sixth. ryan blaney seventh even though he ran out of gas aj amendinger came in eighth i don't recall hearing aj's name that much during the race it's really sad, though, because I feel like a lot of pressure is always put on A.J. Amadinger at these road courses. He's only had one cup win, and that was three years ago at Watkins Glen. Ever since then, people think he's this road course specialist. Clearly, he's not. He's only won one, one cup race and one road course race Right. Yeah. in three years. Nonetheless, another rookie, Eric Jones, came in ninth. Eric is quietly doing his thing and Chris Busher came in 10th. Some notables included Chase Elliott who came in 13th, 
Chase probably needed to do a little bit better, especially if he wasn't going to win this race because he is like the first driver that is in the playoffs based on points. And I'll go over those standings in a minute. Jamie McMurray came in 14th. Brad Keselowski, who we mentioned or who I mentioned ran out of gas, came in 15th. Kyle Larson came in 23rd. Not quite sure what's going on with Larson. Maybe the news of him losing his sponsor for next season has him a little shook. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson came in 29th place. Jimmy is already in the playoffs, but we need Jimmy to get it together. Boris said, who is known as a road course specialist, who was actually running in his last race, last NASCAR road course race, he came in 30th. And Dale Jr., I think Dale was the only person not that didn't finish the race. Yeah. And he came in 37th. Oh, we'll talk about Dale in a bit. Yeah, in just a few moments. But uh, yeah, go ahead and finish that. Yeah. Out. So, okay. So really quick. I always say really quick and it's never really quick. I'm just going to say the playoff standings. Right now, if the playoffs started today, we would have Martin Truex. Obviously, this he won four races and he's won a bunch of stages. So he's in. Jimmy Johnson's in. Kyle Larson's in. Brad Keselowski is in at fourth place. Ricky Stenthouse Jr., who's won two races, is in at fifth place. Kyle Busch is in at sixth place. Kevin Harvick is in. Hamlin is in at eighth. Ryan Blaney, who won a race, is in at ninth. Kurt Busch, 10th. Ryan Newman, 11th. Casey King, who we know won a race. We're in disbelief that he won a race, but he won a race, and he's in at 12th. And Austin Dillon is in at 13th because he won a race. The three remaining spots all go to drivers who have not won a race, but they're holding their own in terms of points. And that would be Chase Elliott at 14th, Jamie McMurray at 15th, and Matt Kenseth at 16th. Clint Boyer is at 17th, or in the 17th spot, and he's knocking on the door. So I feel like it may come down to Clint Boyer or Matt Kenseth. One of them needs to ruin the race. And Joy Logano is right behind Clint Boyer in the 18th spot. Believe it or not, Logano believes he can win. He has four more races to prove that he can win. And if you guys all remember, he's always already won a race, but it was ruled encumbered by NASCAR. And last but not least, our rookies, Daniel Suarez and Eric Jones, are holding down 19th and 20th. So clearly, Suarez is on the move. He may win a race. I wouldn't even be surprised if he won a race. But as it is now, they're out. So we'll see how that goes. So since we just talked about Daniel Suarez, I want to talk about Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Suarez is really making a push for that, it seems like. And and let's not not forget, Eric Jones has been doing really well all season. He's been He's been pretty consistent, uh, but Daniel Suarez has been coming on strong as of late, and uh, it seems like he's trying to make a push not just to win, not just to win Rookie of the Year, but to actually win a race. And I can see it happening in these next five races. Well, I have a question for you. It seems like we forget that there are other candidates or other rookies, for that matter, this season. Right. You have Daniel Suarez, Eric Jones, Ty Dillon, 
and Glauding, and I don't even think I've ever said his name on this podcast, <laughs> but there you Other have than it. right now. <laughs> Is it safe to say that Daniel Suarez pretty much has Ricky of the Year candidate wrapped up? Well, you know what? The funny thing is, is that it, it's always one of those things where, you know, because like I said, Eric Jones has been pretty consistent all year, but it's how you finish the, 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 the season. If you can finish strong, it seems like it means more when you when you finish on a on a powerful note like that. You know what I mean? And if if he continue, if Daniel Suarez continues to finish strong, like the way he has been, it, it's a good possibility he will win that. Now, I mean, if Eric Jones seems to, you know, continue to finish strong, then I would have no problem seeing Eric Jones come away with that that Rookie of the Year award. Well, as it is today, in terms of driver standings, Daniel Suarez is in 15th, Eric Jones is in 18th, Ty Dillon's in 24th. Daniel actually has one up on Eric Jones because he won a stage. So... If I was casting my vote today, I would have to go with Daniel Suarez. I feel like they've pretty much been even in regards to what they've been producing on the track. We hardly ever call one one person's name without the other. But I feel like I would have to give my vote to Daniel. On that note, I feel like I need to interview Daniel Suarez. First and foremost, like I've interviewed all the last rookies of the years I've interviewed Chase Elliott I told Chase he was going to be rookie of the year I interviewed Kyle Larson I told him he was going to be rookie of the year why haven't I interviewed Daniel Suarez first of all because we don't talk and push diversity but we talk and push diversity so it's only right that we interview this guy so I'm gonna see if I can make that happen so stay tuned listeners stay tuned I actually have a list of people I want to interview I want to interview Ryan Blaney Daniel Suarez and AJ Amadanger. Right. So on. I put that in the universe. Okay, what what else is on our agenda? Dell Jr. Let's just put it out there. Yeah, well, you know, uh Tim, you know, the the thing about Dell Jr. is obviously, you know, his whole season has just been what it what it has been. And at Watkins Glen in this race is just it's just another example of just what has been playing out all year long for him. And it's so disappointing. Uh, Dale Jr. fans have got to be disappointed. It's just, it's just mind boggling because he, and he knows this. He, he knows that his team needs to get it together in order for them to have any kind of chance to be put in the playoffs, Tam. He understands that. And the thing about it is he has told, he has told his whole team. Nothing that they've never or haven't heard before. And it's, you know, what can they do within these last several races to put a good car on the track so that they can be competitive and compete at a higher level like he should be? And he knows that Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, uh, and even Kyle Bush as of late just really have been turning it up a notch. And he knows that these guys are just not going to move over and let him come through and win a race. He understands that. His team understands that. And it's just frustrating of how his entire team uh, and himself, even if they do put on a good car uh, on the track, that they have to mentally get all of them. And he said it from, from, from him all the way down. They all have to mentally be on the same page 
and have to go out there and know that they have to take it up a notch all together to make this happen, that they get into the playoff at the end of the year. But to be honest with you, Tam, I don't know about you. I just don't personally see it happening. I don't. I'm speechless. Renee, honestly, I feel it's disappointing. It's sad. It's ridiculous what's happening to Dylan Jr. Sad is a very good word for me. Sad is a very good word for me. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Any adjective, verb, whatever. (laughs) And that's negative, right? (laughs) I mean, anything you can think about applies to this situation. Whatever word is probably correct. Like, it is Bill freaking Earnhardt Jr. How, as a team, as a crew chief, as an engineer, Hell, as a team owner, how do you let this guy go out like this? Even Tony Stewart, who was dealing with everything he was dealing with, he was still somewhat competitive. He won a race when he went out. Yeah, he actually got into the playoffs. Yeah, how do you allow this to happen to Dale? And at this point, it's not operator error because he's, it's like he's coming out there with a 19. 82 Dotson trying to race against a McLaren. Yeah. The car is just not right. That's a great point. I never even thought about the fact how you you said that even uh, Tony Stewart, even in his last year, uh, somehow just mentally just let it all hang out on the track. He just let it all out on the track and actually won a race and got into the playoff and was, you know, playing with house money. What's there to lose? Just he was just driving free and, you know, with nothing to worry about. And it just seems like Dale Jr. is the complete opposite uh, uh, side of that. I mean, he can't even finish a race. I know. It's, it's just sad. He has this drama, but everybody else has drama. Danica has drama. Kurt has drama. In fact, speaking of Tony right. Stewart, <laughs> it seems like the Stewart Haas team has drama. Apparently, yeah. Kurt Bush drama started with he may not be at Stewart House and then they were like no that's wrong but then once the rumor got started Stewart House team put out a statement they actually sent a tweet or posted a tweet saying that he was going to be back and that there was no plans for him not to be but then Bush himself as in Kurt not Kyle has come out and was like he has options basically I feel like maybe he got a little piss about the situation. Yeah. So who knows? I, do you, I, I don't know. What do you think, Renee? Well, I mean, I think it just goes like with anything else. It just seems like there's a lot of drama that's, that's starting to uh, heat up towards the end of this season. I think all these moves from what we've been hearing uh, and what we've been talking about in our last uh, good handful of, um, of podcast, Tam, is it, it's very weird how all of this stuff just seems to be coming out. It seems like every week there's something else and there's something else and there's, a, there's another drama. It's, it's mind boggling. I don't know what to say. Drama? Soap opera? Yeah. <laughs> you know, before we it, You can- know what? I think that's a, that's a good one. Drama and soap opera. That, that, that could be a very good uh, adjective there. Well, before we started the podcast today, we were talking about television shows. And, you know, it's Sunday. I, on on Sundays, I watch, now that Ray Donovan's back on, I've watched Ray Donovan. I watch Power. I've watched Claws on TNT. I watch Fear of the Walking Dead until The Walking Dead comes on. I mean, I have a whole slew of stuff. 
I don't even watch that much TV because typically Monday through Friday, my TV is on Fox Sports. There's one or two shows that I watch on ESPN, but it's typically background noise. But on Sunday, it's all about the drama, drama, soap opera, drama. And NASCAR is on Sundays and NASCAR very much gives me drama, drama, soap opera, drama. But what's been going on lately is beyond. I mean, like, is you can't even make this crap up. No, it just kind of really like falls into your lap and you just, you know, it's hard not to talk about it. Let's even jump into Danica at this point. Yeah, you know, the, the, whole, the whole Danica st- story just seems to like just be this continuous thing. Tam of just well, is she going to retire? Is she not. Gonna she's out of here. But you know what? Yeah, but you know what? And, and she's she's actually will be the first one to tell you that it's not even so much of anything else other than it comes down to one specific thing, and it's sponsorship, 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 sponsorship. Just like the Casey Kane situation, that's exactly basically what Danik is saying: is that that nobody needs to buy her out. Nobody nobody needs to say, hey, you know what? Let's let, let's talk about that last year of the contract and, and see what we can do. All it has to do, Tam, is all with sponsorship. That's exactly what it comes down to. Well, in her own words, quote, life is too short to be miserable and it's time for her to go. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Here's the reality is that she came in the sport with a stellar sponsorship that pretty much put her more on the map than she already was coming from Indy. And I'm speaking of, you know, being with GoDaddy from the Super Bowl commercials. Who doesn't know who Danica Patrick is? Yeah. And it went downhill from that. Some could say it's because she's not a winner. But at this point, I mean, you look at the fact that Kyle Larson just lost his big sponsor. Well, they're leaving Chip Ganaski, and I'm speaking of Target, to cover or to to distribute more of their funds to soccer. I mean, Kyle Larson is a budding superstar in this sport, and he has no sponsor. You look at somebody like Danica, who hasn't done anything. Why Why would anybody sponsor her? Just because? I mean, here's the thing. She was on a bit of a roll, and she had a few top 15 finishes. But at Watkins Glen, she went back to the old Danica. She finished 22nd. That's just Danica. I mean, I don't know right. how else to say it. If you guys get a chance, make sure to check out. It's pretty long, but it's a great article on usatoday.com. And it talks about Danica and Danica gives some really great quotes. And one of them being that she said life is too short to be miserable. She also said there's no buyout needed and that she didn't have a sponsor and it's contingent on sponsors, which is what Renee just said. We all know that. No sponsor, no car. And it's not like with Kurt Bush where Haas Automation is sponsoring some of his races. They're not gonna probably do that for Danica. And one thing she did say I think is important to mention, she said that she would not consider a part-time ride. And that she would consider, yeah, she said she would consider racing for another team, but she wouldn't consider a part-time ride. Danica's 35. I don't know. Maybe it's time to hang it up. Yeah. I I mean, it it seems like that is uh, what she's leaning towards. It seems like that's what the situation is uh, heading towards. 
stranger things have happened, but like I said, and I and I will stick to this, uh, you know, until the end of the season. Tam, you know, I am in the same spot that I was in at the beginning of the season, in the middle of the season, and right now. And I totally see her and her career just coming to an end at the end of the season. And I have no doubt that she will retire at the end of the year. Well, let's see what happens. You guys let us know your thoughts. Will Danica be around for another season or is it a wrap? So what else is going on in NASCAR? What, I, I know there are some hot topics. I, oh, wait, we should talk about the movie Lucky Logan. It's, yeah, it's actually Logan Lucky. Okay, Lucky Logan, Logan I, Lucky, Lucky I always thought Lucky, it was Lucky. Lucky Logan too. I was like, wow, I was like, that sounds weird saying Logan Lucky, but I guess because it, it sounds easier saying Lucky Logan. How about Hulk, Logan Lucky. Hulk Hogan? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I just felt like saying it. Yeah, okay, <laughs> so Logan Lucky is right. a new movie that's out. Right, and, and it stars actor Channing Tatum. And uh, basically... Oh, wait, uh, and I think Daniel Craig's in that movie as well. Yes, that is correct. The former James Bond guy. So, And, I, and I'm and i a big fan of him. I really liked him as Bond. I don't know about you, but I really liked him as, as James Bond. He, I thought he was a good James Bond. Well, I can't really add to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have you not seen any of his uh, James Bond movies? No, I think I've seen them all because they're always on TV. I'm just not a huge... I don't James know. Bond fan? No. All I know is yeah. shaking, not stirred. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, well, anyway, a few of the NASCAR uh, drivers um, are in the movies, and they play cameos, which is uh, actually kind of cool. The funny thing is, Kyle Larson plays a, a chauffeur in the movie, um, and uh, he kind of he looks like a chauffeur. In, in all these parts that these guys play, they actually look the part. Kyle Busch and a uh, former NASCAR driver, Carl Edwards, both play state troopers. And I'll be honest with you, I saw some of these pictures uh, that, of them in their outfits for the movie. And Kyle Busch and Carl Edwards, they literally look, they look like state troopers. And it's so funny. Like, I could literally see them. If they weren't NASCAR drivers, I could see them being state troopers because they, they look the part so well, dressed up in the state trooper outfit. It's amazing. And uh, Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski play like some uh, uh, security guards, but it, it's really, really funny looking uh, just to see these guys dressed up. And it's actually, they're not behind a wheel of a stock car on the track. They're actually playing just uh, other roles off the track. So it's actually kind of cool to see that. Yeah, I think I read that Blaney was also playing a piece of delivery boy in the movie. Oh, yeah, that is correct. Yes, I did miss him. So we have what Kyle Bush and Edwards are highway patrol officers. And then Blaney is the piece of delivery boy. And then Brad and Joy are rent a cop. Oh, and Kyle Larson security is a limo. Guards, yeah, something well, like that. Cop, and then, same thing. Uh, and Kyle Larson is uh, the limo driver. Yeah. Chauffeur, limo driver, I guess. Now, you know, Kozlowski has been getting his acting on because I remember he was in a, uh, it's Sunny in Philadelphia, whatever that show is. And then he, oh, oh. you know, and the crazy thing is because Sharknado 5 is currently on TV, he was also in Sharknado 3. <laughs> I did not know that. Okay, let me just say this. I watched about an hour of Sharknado 5. I just, some. <laughs> 
you know, the money that they waste on that crap is just crazy. But they have like all these cameos in there. I saw Geraldo. I saw, what's her name that was in Greece? Olivia Newton John. Uh-huh. <laughs> I oh, mean, wow. they have everybody in there. Of course, they have Tara Reed, crazy self in there. But oh my goodness, she's yeah, still shark- working, huh? Sh- yeah, she's still working. But you know what? I think she only does Sharknado. <laughs> oh, maybe not. <laughs> but she's working. So I don't know if that's still working when your career only consists of Sharknado. But hey, well, if she's getting paid for it. It's called work. <laughs> more power to her. Yeah. So, the other thing, and this is just a brief mention that has happened, and it, I think it happened right after we put out the last episode, so we won't talk too much about it, but NASCAR finally did something about the overtime line. What, what I just wanted to bring that up because NASCAR, again, and we've said this before, they are the only sports organization that will change the rules on a Sunday. Or on a Monday yes. because of what happened on a Sunday. Every other sports organization waits a whole season and then they have meetings and then they make a decision. NASCAR is like, oh, that didn't work. Let's change. Okay. Yeah. Well, moving on, it's time for our fan comment of the week. And it is almost time for some predictions. This week's fan comment of the week actually comes from Jay Ski. And I know all of you, because you're NASCAR fans, know who J-Ski is, the website jski.com that, for the most part at this point, is syndicated through ESPN. Most people think since it went over to ESPN.com, it's not the same, but we're not going to even debate that. So he posted on Twitter, Sunday's race was the shortest full distance Cup Series points race in NASCAR's modern era, and that's from 1972 to the present. That is actually mind-boggling Wow! when you think about it. I thought the race was pretty short, but I'm going to be honest, it took me about a 10-minute nap, so you can't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just don't like road courses, but not that I don't take a nap every two or three weeks during a race, but yeah, and I'm a diehard NASCAR fan, but sometimes... A girl needs her beauty sleep. Oh, yeah, of course. So some comments to that was, let's see. One person said it was short like a sprint race. And somebody also replied at Jordan Owen 45 replied to Jay Ski and said, kind of a good thing to be honest. Let's see who else chimed in. At Steve P-A-S-Z. He chimed in and said, between the TV coverage and the end, not too bad. Now get it started two hours earlier and they might be on to something. Okay, there's this ongoing debate about the race times. I guess because we're on the West Coast, it's okay with us. The races come on at 12 o'clock for us. People have been, I mean, it's just, they're outraged that the races are coming on so late. I kind of figure like maybe, you know, for those who go to church on Sunday, whatever you do on Sunday, then you come home and you relax. But I guess people want the race to come on before and then they can have the rest of their Sunday. But this was, oh, we forgot to mention, but this was also the second week in a row that we did qualifying and the race on the same day. 
Right. Yeah. So it was almost that impossible. the whole game there. Yeah. So it was impossible to have the race earlier. What did you guys want them to qualify at 5.45 a.m.? Oof. That would have been brutal. I don't know. Another person, let's see, Andrew Bly, user, yo, it's and YB. Literally, that's Y-O-I-T-S-A-N-D-Y-B. He replied and said NASCAR should move to shorten races 300 miles minus a handful traditional races. This was great. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the races being shorter. It doesn't really bother me, to be honest. And this question was actually posted on the NASCAR Reddit board. And I'm just going to randomly pick two comments. Somebody writes, when the Glen being one of the few races I'm guaranteed to be watching and by far my favorite, I feel jip that it's only a 90 lap race, honestly. Didn't think about it that way. But I know too, it was like some issue because the stage caution laps, we lost like nine or 10 laps under caution. And then the conversation, because I briefly saw this on Twitter, where people were arguing back and forth, should we actually count those? You know, like we're losing laps under caution. So right. should we do that? But the powers to be will figure that out. And, and the I'm last sure comment. Change it right after that. <laughs> right. So the last comment I'm just picking at random is, if nothing else, we'll be getting a real long road course race at Charlotte next fall. 130 laps on a track. That will probably take longer to lap than Watkins Glens. That is going to be interesting to see because remember they're doing the, what not, it's not the, it's called the Roval, R-O-V-A-L, because it's not a full oval. (laughs) It's a, it's a half road course, half oval. So the Roval, nonetheless, that is your fan comment of the week. So it is time for some predictions, predictions, predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. Renee, who are you picking to win at Michigan? Well, let's see. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. I would love to say that Martin Truex is just going to um, maybe run the table here. And I know he's on fire, but he ain't that much on fire. So with that being said, I'm actually going to go with Jimmy Johnson. This is my dude. I know we haven't talked about him in a while. I know we haven't said his name in a while. But I don't know what it is. But I think he is due and overdue for another win. I think he's going to pull one out. Now, for my dark horse and the way that this whole entire playoff has been shaping to the point where I think you need to win a race, don't be surprised if your boy, Matt Kenseth, the quiet assassin, comes and pulls a rabbit out of the hat and ends up finally winning one of these last five races. I picked Jimmy Johnson to win this race, but I seriously guarantee you that I feel that the quiet assassin, Matt Kenseth, might pull this out if Jimmy Johnson doesn't win it. Are you sticking to your picks, Renee? I'm sticking to those picks. Okay, well, before I give you my picks, I'm going to give you a history lesson, listeners. Michigan, we've run there two times a year, once in June and once in August. Since it's August, I'm going to give you the past 10 winners at Michigan in August. 2007, Kurt Busch. 2008, Carl Edwards. 2009, Brian Vickers. 2010, 
Kevin Harvick, 2011, Kyle Busch, oh, in 2012, Greg Biffle, 2013, Logano, 2014, Jeff Gordon, 2015, Matt Kenseth, 2016, Kyle Larson. Okay, so some patterns. Larson actually won the race in August 2016. And he won in June of this year. Technically, he's won back-to-back races at Michigan. Matt Kenseth and Kurt Busch are both three-time winners in Michigan. Joy Logano, Kyle Larson, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Ryan Newman are also two-time winners. Xfinity races, the only real pattern there is that You have multiple two-time winners. Junior's a two-time winner in Xfinity Series at Michigan. Kyle Busch is, as well as Brad Keselowski and Ryan Newman. Daniel Suarez, just a side note, actually won the Xfinity race in June, or yeah, June of last year. Now that I've put that out in the universe, let me tell you who I'm going to go with. I honestly, I think we have what four more races before the playoffs. I feel yes, like I, the I, next I four one. races, I'm gonna pick Chase Elliott, Matt Kenseth, or your boy Clint Boyer to win until one of them wins a race because those are my three guys that I really want to see in the playoffs. I know I feel bad about Jamie McMurray because he's kind of there competing for a playoff spot, but I don't care. Matt Kenseth's my guy. You guys know how I feel about Clint Boyer and Chase Elliott is my guy as well. So for this race, I feel like Chase Elliott, even though he didn't run that well at Watkins Glen, I feel like he's good at fast tracks. So I'm going to give him a chance and I'm going to pick him to win this race. And I'm going to pick Matt Kenseth as my dark horse, only because Matt Kenseth is a three-time winner at Michigan, and he was, I mean, he almost ran Martin Truex Jr. down. He did. So those are my picks, and I'm sticking to it. Awesome. Well, those are Tam's picks. Then she's sticking to them. And we'd love to hear your picks. Please hit us up on our social media. It's at Turns No Breaks across the board. You can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and hit us up on our Facebook. Please, you guys, like Tam said at the beginning of the podcast, Look us up on iTunes. Please subscribe to us, rate and review us, and leave us a comment. And please turn your friends on who are NASCAR fans that would love to listen to our podcast. We always appreciate you guys listening in, and we always appreciate your feedback. And uh, for Tam and for myself, I I say this each and every week, and I mean it, but be kind to each other, and we will see you guys here next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 